Welcome to the fifth quarter. Conversations beyond the X and O's with your hosts, Layson Perkins and Jeff Osterman. Join the journey as they learn from coaches, authors, military leaders, successful entrepreneurs, business people, and motivators. If I asked your family, friends, and kids, non-military accolades, what will they say your legacy will be? I hope that they would say my legacy is that I'm a very honest and trustworthy human being. As far as saying something about me, I, I would I would also hope that people realize that I've impacted whoever in a positive way. I, I talk a lot about you don't uh, life ends at some point for us all. Um, and obviously I've seen young people who, who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. And for me, it puts it into perspective that, you know, when you're gone, you're gone. And um, generally it's cold, but it is, it's really cold to think of it this way. But in the end of the day, as human beings, um, we have that gut instinct where we're like, damn, or we just kind of move on because that person rubbed us the wrong way. And, and, and what I w would like is that, um, you know, I've impacted people for the positive when they think about how I've conducted myself and the things I've done on this planet, opposed to, you know, I've made their life worse or I've hurt them. You know, I've, I've used my time wisely. Jack, um, the Commandant of the Marine Corps has a required reading list or a reading list that he puts together for all the leaders in the Corps to read. So is there a list of titles that you as a, as a leader uh, ask your men to read or, or ones that you've recommended to some of your clients that you feel really just you know, kind of hit to the points of what you're trying to, to teach and what you're trying to, to, to pass on? <laughs> um, boy, that's a great question. And it's not one I'm necessarily great to prepare. And I will give Doc a plug. He's got a book called Max Out Mindset. And uh, he's darn near got every company philosophy in there uh, with some great examples, uh, specifically around coaching and athletics, um, all the way from the mental skills training. But you know, when I think of the things I use, and this may seem counterintuitive, and it's it's it may be why from your guys' background, uh, you enjoy, well, I hope you enjoy talking to people like me or military is, I studied so much military prior to getting in the military as best I could because my dad, uh, you know, my grandpas were in World War II, and so you'd hear stories and I'd go grab a book. Uh, my dad was in Korean Vietnam, so I read a lot about pilots. Uh, he was in the Marine Corps and then the Air Force. And so I read a lot of that stuff. Couldn't find much on special operations at the time. Um, but then when I got into the military, of course, it was every day getting the stuff. And, and the military is no different than even in SEAL Team for leadership. I mean, they would chase at least the educational part of what was in society, you know, Franklin Covey. I mean, heck, I think we even had Tony Robbins type stuff. I mean, the latest and greatest, I think that's an American thing. We chase the latest and greatest leadership thing. Um, and so it's nice to read those things um, without a doubt. But what I will go to is I found solace and I found lessons in sports books, coaching, 
that I could apply quicker and easier in the SEAL team dynamic than maybe the formal military training. And I'll give you one that sticks out and it's, it's so cliche because I'm sure especially everybody in basketball has read it, but it's Phil Jackson's stuff. Um, and the reason is, is because it's not X's and O's, right? He was focusing on the people and, you know, it's too easy to say, oh, it's all Zen. No, 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 no. That's, I mean, that's a piece that Phil through his development. But when you break down what he was working on at the Bulls specifically and later is he's talking about what we're talking about, developing the person, developing role acceptance, uh, checking egos, conflict resolution, uh, all those things. So clearly he at some level understood the importance of that, even at the NBA level. Right. Um, and then you would go on to the Pat Riley's. I mean, here in Nebraska, Tom Osborne, um, my wife played volleyball for Nebraska, Terry Pettit, Terry Pettit and I don't see the world one way, uh, together right on any issue out there that we could discuss. But when it comes to leadership and getting in his case, young women motivated to accomplish something, I read all his stuff. I asked him questions. Um, and you know, later that would be great. Cause I would start consulting with women. I had women in combat as a matter of fact, but later I would go on to help Nebraska volleyball and I cherry pick. So what I would say is a balance of business military and sport because all three um, have different ways of similar things to communicate or teach about leadership um, that would resonate with you. And the other part I would just say is you've got to be interested in it. I mean, if you're like the old school adage, if you pick up the textbook and it's boring you, you're not going to learn anything from it. You know, so find the stories and the things that resonate with you, but don't expect, you know, even like for me, honestly, like if I go in like with Coach Mack, like I hope that one or two things in an entire season sticks, right? Because you're not, there's no one book out there. There's no one movie. There's no one seminar everything applies to you and your situation. What you want to do is try to learn one or two things, apply them, see if they work. If they don't work, just put it in your tool chest and, and, and just keep learning and just keep learning, right? One, two, tool, tool, apply. Doesn't work. Oh, but works for this kid. And so it's not so much the formal reading and education. I know I'm way off of like what books, but it's the learning and the application where you as the human animal that's developing gets better. Um, because frankly, a lot of them say the same thing. They, they really do. It's just, how can I understand it and then put it into practice? But I, you know, I hate to say that to a bunch of sports guys who are talking to the seal, but I read and I still read everything from sports because it keeps me intrigued and I do go to military stuff to a degree, but it's hard for me having lived through this time period and done it to really like pick up a book about the time frame that, you know, I might know the characters or I know the situation. Um, that's probably just a little bit of a mental block on my part. Um, and then philosophy. I mean, this is the other thing that might, um, 
might throw people off. I don't know. I would have never thought that I would learn anything from old Greek philosophy and things like that. But in my master's program, I mean, we studied the Quran, we studied ancient philosophies. Um, and when you think about it, I mean, we were out on the ground with all types of different people, different beliefs, uh, different values. Um, we had to make it work. And so you could pick up a gold nugget because again, if I can get you to believe that as a leader, what I have to be good at is people. We've been writing about people since the beginning of time, which includes the Bible. I mean, you can go learn from the Bible, right? So it's just don't limit yourself is what I would say into one genre. Your your podcast, The uh, Dark Side of Elite, is still available on, on Spotify. And I was listening to some, some old episodes the other day. What is the dark side of Elite? Yeah, that's a great question. So we started that because of not only my own struggles, but what I saw in the most elite units of the U.S. military, not just to get there, but to stay there, along with now the added long combat and all of that, uh, we'll call it stress. And I'm not necessarily talking PTSD. I'm talking stressors that all of us, I think, have in life. What I've noticed in what it, we as a society go, you know, that person's elite or SEALs is elite. And it, it is elite. You know, being really good at sports at a high level is elite. CEOs of companies that are killing it, that's elite. But if human beings, you know, get a little off center with that drive and that focus, it can really work against them. Right. And in the case, you know, for me, what I start in that podcast, it was to go down the line of mental health and using wrong coping mechanisms. In the case of a lot of military guys, it's alcohol. Right. In the case of my generation, it was alcohol, an opioid crisis, um, which clearly that opioids would go on into the public's uh, sphere now. And so I think mental health. Um, has always been there. We've just started to learn more and more about it. And we've started to create professionals that could actually move the needle and help people more and more. And, and so I, I felt that as a society and in SEAL team, we had a block where we didn't quite want to admit that I need help in that category. And a lack of trust that I could get help or my guys could get help. And we had the unique position of being there every day with everybody. And so we could see these things. And even as a group, putting that team first mentality, we might overlook some things that if you had to do it over, you wouldn't. And we could have got people help or we could have sent them on a better track in those things. And oftentimes it would be the spouses that would recognize it first. Um, and you started to realize after a couple of times, maybe we're missing something here in the performance curve and the helping human beings. And so I felt that it was more prominent in the sense of elite groups to have that block and that, um, 
and, and other people around them, myself included, enable it a little bit because we're getting the performance we want. And so how could we be better, my generation and, and many of us, of normalizing some of the talk about the struggles through the eyes of elite performers, which we know everybody struggles with throughout a lifetime? And then how could we explain it in a way that was truth, but also talk about how do we overcome it? And how, what are the steps in my case? You know, I had alcohol, I had opioids, you know, I had to get professional help for the alcohol, but instead of just clamming up and never talking about that, no, let's use the platform to say, yeah, I was and am all that. And I'm still good at that, but I've had struggles, right? And if I can overcome them and here's how it's worked for me, hopefully I can give some hope for you to overcome them. And I think it comes into play, um, again, you guys have been in the biz, but geez, I don't know if I've worked with a coach that when we get deep down inside, hasn't had bad burnout at some point in time, really bad. I'm talking maybe damn near dying bad. And, uh, and the point is we want, I want to see people, all of us as human beings to be able to recognize some of those things so that we can get help for them. Because it was needed in SEAL Team, and people don't want to think that, but in fact, it's it was only needed then. I mean, it's needed now. I had two friends. It's been what two months? I mean, they killed themselves. They, they, nobody, everybody's like, nobody had a bad thing to say about them. Like nobody can understand. Five years out of active duty, great careers, great families. Why that happened? And that's scary. All I can do is know that every human being goes through struggles, right? Elite people named by society go through them. And so maybe I can use that platform and talk about it because I do when I'm talking with athletes and coaches, because oftentimes those things are getting in the way with performance. And so I want to try to help um, get the conversation to a point where we realize we can do something about this, no matter how bad it is. Um, and of course, I've had friends that, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a weird world. Does that make sense? No, um, it, it does. No, and it I, does. And I, I think that, especially in the male culture, uh, it might be getting easier, but definitely, I, I would say if you're 60 to 40, or if you're 40 and older, you understand what I mean, where we just didn't want to talk about those things, or we didn't. We're just going to gut it up and gutting it up is not always the right answer. And there's certain things where even though you're a seal and you're grinding, um, you need to accept that you need help and that's okay. And uh, so I thought, I didn't know that anybody from my community was necessarily attacking those things, but I do think in the military at large, there are more people talking about it. Um, and we're not the only ones that have seen bad things. Uh, frankly, from a statistics standpoint, there's many more people out there that have seen traumatic things and suffer from PTSD or traumatic brain injury. I mean, I play a lot of golf these days with former NFL guys. And I mean, some of them are terrified at, at what some of this is, you know, and they see of their friends, much like uh, me with SEALs. And, and so we don't want to see that, right? I mean, what there's a veteran suicide up to 22 now a day, uh, that is mostly mental health things uh, with bad 
coping mechanisms. And so um, let's not uh, have such an ego or such a, I'm a tough guy that I'm not going to get help so that I can have a good and productive life. And because we all know, I mean, this hurts, this hurts your family. When people fall into those traps, it hurts your family the most first, and then it can hurt, you know, yourself, job performance and those things. And uh, these days we just have a lot of tools to deal with it. Um, Traditional, non-traditional ways. And I want people to feel like, Hey, if that guy can do it and be honest about it, then I can do it. And so I've talked about on that podcast, I've tried to get some guests that are different, um, things as well. Um, but even on my radio show, I mean, it's, it's kind of common knowledge and what it does is I think it goes back to that old seal adage. Like I'm just, it helps me keep my ego in check, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I, and I will say this, you're a basketball audience and this is true. I'm disappointed, not in you guys. I'm disappointed at this point in his career, just as an observer, I wish Michael Jordan would be more open about not just the competitiveness, but what we all know culture wise and things went in there because as one of the most elite players of all time, there's battle scars, there's scabs. Um, and I'm not knocking him for it. I'm just saying he, he has more he could give in a lot of arenas that would really benefit a lot of people because of his platform. And I'm not faulting him for it, but it's just when you go through that grind and and you've been and accomplished what he's accomplished with teammates, um, there's more that a guy like me who studies leadership and team dynamics would love to know. Same with Kobe's passing, like, man, the things you can learn from people that have been in the grind and the struggles and how they work through the struggles. Um, and, and I'm not knocking what Jordan still is, is the ultimate competitor. I mean, that guy is still fighting somebody. And right. so I can't, I can't give him, I can't say that's a negative thing, but if I was his friend, I'd be like, Mike, the war's over. The war is over, Mike. Like, let's start passing it down. And I'm not saying he's not, but he still very much is in the war. You know, and it seems like Kobe was moving more towards. I think so. Being very transparent and I open. Think about so, it. and we only, I only see Michael Jordan in certain circumstances. So that's a little bit of me guessing. But um, that would be like a guy that I would like to be able to really have that bus. Bu- behind the scenes talks and open talks. And I'd say, Hey, on the dark side of elite, Mike, like, let me tell you my story in elite. And, and let me tell you about, you know, Chris Kyle or this, that, and another thing, walk me down some of that in your life. Right. And how you overcame it. But you, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was about to, I thought you're stopping there. Go ahead. No, I just, I mean, um, that's it. I mean, I don't know how you get better guys without being honest with yourself. And so I thought I'll just take it a little more public than most. Well, we really appreciate your transparency and your willingness to share. All right, Jeff, I got one more question and then we'll, we'll get to the fun questions, but Jack, you've led men, you've led men in the SEAL teams. Honestly, how long would a, would a operator like Lieutenant Dale Hawkins, how long would he have lasted on a real team? (laughs) 
<laughs> the fact you can even pull Dale Hawkins is hilarious. Or SEAL team, we're here to get you out. Uh, <laughs> uh, he might have made it the first week of Buds. Maybe the first week of Buds. So did that movie help or hurt the community? You know, back then, with Top Gun in the 80s, it probably was just a good PR thing. It wasn't over the top yet. I mean, I know we watched it when we were young, and we thought that, you know, like Delta Force and Chuck Norris and, and Top Gun, I mean... Nothing was over the top yet um, because of social media and everything. And it was still quiet. I mean, think about that from, I mean, you had uh, Admiral McRaven would talk about him watching the Green Berets. Mm -hmm. So that was the seventies. You you had like apocalypse now, which most people would not associate with special operations. I mean, I, I can see it in there because well, Kurt, well Kurtz, well Colonel Kurtz was well, Kurt, a Green Beret, right? But you know, um, so you had like the Green Berets and I, I'm, you know, the bridge over the River Kwai. There were different ones, but I mean, there were there there, there just wasn't that much. Um, you know, Rambo was a little over the top because it was one man, but for the most part, I think that Navy SEALs the movie was probably just a good recruiting ploy and became something that we all just quoted all the time. Like, I know the pilots now get fined if they use top gun lines, you know. Um, but I mean, my God, every time you went to jump out of an airplane, you know, there'd be somebody that'd be like, you don't have to like it. You just have to do it, you know. And, you know, if I wanted to be safe, I'd be in the Coast Guard. I mean, it's just, it, it became a cult classic. And, uh, but no, I don't think Lieutenant Hawkins would last very long. <laughs> I think it also came to the realization that they that the only person can really claim that they've been in both Delta and on a SEAL team is Dennis Haysbert, and that's it. I don't <laughs> think there's no one else that can make that claim. That's All right, right. Jeff, it's, it's your turn now. Well, I got to say, this is funny. I do a foundation uh, 13 years going, so next week we have about 20 SEALs and their families coming to Nebraska for a retreat, and uh, one of the old captains who now runs our family foundation, which is the foundation of which we make this happen in Nebraska. He was the technical seal advisor on that movie. Oh, cool. And it is just so funny to think about, um, you know, he as a young Lieutenant, like guiding around these guys to make that movie. Um, so, but no, I mean, you know, these days that, that looks like, you know, just a fun movie. Um, and they've, they've done some good, you know, I, uh, when I watch military movies, any of them, for me, it's just, if they're technically and tactically accurate and if they have good advisors, I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. This, uh, show terminal list on, uh, Amazon prime, um, they have good advisors, like the way they've done their guns and handling and do I'm like, Oh I mean, it's kind of like that one character does everything a SEAL platoon does. Um, but yeah, they have good advisors. So like, I'm like, that's pretty cool. And I, I think most pilots would say the new Top Gun is a really great aviation movie for Navy aviation. Um, but oftentimes, yeah, they get the fanfare uh, uh, and the inner chatter a little wrong. <laughs> but, you know, it's all good. All right, Jack, 
Living or dead, golf foursome. Who would be your dream foursome to play with? Definitely Ben Hogan's number one for me. Um, because I just picked up his book one day and that's how I started to learn to play. Um, and I have about seven copies. I'm, I'm never within about four feet of his book, uh, <laughs> which all the modern teachers say to me, yeah, Jack, but you understand Ben Hogan was trying to fight a hook and you're trying to fight a left to right flight. So I'm like, I got it. Uh, ben Hogan, my father, without a doubt, he's still, he's still alive, but always have him in that group. And boy, Ooh, that last, my last one. Ah. I, I'm probably going to go with, I'm, I'm stuck. I got to say it. I'm stuck between Arnie, Jack and Tiger and even Gary player. Um, Cause they're all different. Tiger's too close to my age. But I think he's just a hell of a obviously golfer. Jack's ultimate, but I don't know if Jack has enough personality for me. I think he does as an older guy. Um, so I think I'm going with the king because I think I get the elite golf and I get the swashbuckling, and he'd he'd fit in with my outgoingness, Navy SEAL, and my dad telling inappropriate jokes, and Ben Hogan staring at us, and Ben realizing. He's just outgunned in, in the outgoing personalities in this group. And we'd hope to make Ben a little uncomfortable so he wouldn't kick our ass. <laughs> That's great. All right. We have a thought-provoking question. Pick a number between 1 and 65. Nine. If you had the chance to go back in time and change one thing, what would it be? Hmm. Well, I'll go with what first came to my mind. It's a little deep, but uh, if you listen to the podcast, which I'm glad it's still up, by the way, I know we've been changing things around and because I've been on the radio, I haven't been doing on hardly any episodes because uh, we're producing a couple other ones for the company. But, uh, you know, my first father passed away when I was two months old. And so, you know, I never ever got to meet him. And, um, you know, I, I definitely wish... Um, that I could have known him, no doubt about it. Um, I have absolute faith that he's with me and I will see him again. So, I mean, I don't really worry about it, um, but that it, it would have been nice to actually in the flesh know him, um, his sisters and mom and dad, um, you know, I, I know him through them. But you know what's hard about that one too, though, is I, that's definitely my answer. But at the same time, I wouldn't be who I am and have this wonderful family, great life. And, and I wouldn't be me and my life would be different. So, um, but yeah, I guess that would be it. That's what popped into my head. And there's no doubt. I mean, how can you not, you know? Sure. All right. Our last top 25, pick a number between one and 25. Seven. All right. Yes or no. Do you believe in ghosts? I believe in spirits, meaning I myself absolutely believe, and I would go 
I have to adjust that because ghosts is a I'm going broad here. Right. You're allowed. I, I believe in angels. I I very much uh believe that um there are guardian angels and that um if you believe in a higher power, if you can open yourself up not just being this physically. There's a lot of good help and guides out there. And sometimes it's a person, right? Sometimes it's just somebody says something, but you got to be willing to listen. And so I think throughout my life, there's been a lot of things, situations um, that there is no explanation of why I should be sitting here. Some of it self um, induced um, and some of it circumstance. And I don't have any, reasonable explanation other than to know that somebody was watching out for me and it's a big part of my constitution of why I don't have to understand the reason I'm here, but I want to continue to pay it forward and, and make the world a better place. You know, whether that was being in SEAL team or as, as I am today. Christmas or Thanksgiving? Christmas by far, but the birth of Jesus, I mean, I mean, for me, you know, I, I was raised Catholic. Uh, I, I always tell the priests hate me because I always say I'm recovering Catholic. And they're like, well, you quit saying that on air. And I go, no, it's, it's, it's actually a term of endearment that almost every, at least American Catholic understands, Father. <laughs> and I do. I'm born and raised Catholic, and that's right. why I'm smiling. Right. And, and so they always give me crap about it. Um, and so, yeah, I think... Now, at the same time, what's interesting for me is uh, having traveled the world and, and worked with people of different faiths, uh, what I have found is, for me, again, in my faith, there's not a conflict. Everybody that I've ran into, regular people, um, people that believe in a higher power, whatever they want to call them, there is a commonality there of goodness and faith that kind of transcends the formal religion, at least for me, when I've been on the ground and I've talked with people and I've worked with people and, and we've had those conversations of the differences of Islamic teaching and Roman uh, Catholic teaching or Lutheran or Buddhists. And, and I found it one of the great interesting mysteries between maybe what giant um, media or whatever is saying Versus when I'm on the ground or I'm on a team with you and we're communicating like you and I are to understand each other. And, uh, and it just, I, for me, um, you know, the birth of Christ is, is the story and is the uh, kind of beginning of really the fact for me that I'm going to screw up a lot of things in life. But the good thing is there's been a guy that said, Hey, I'll take that all for you. And, all you got to be is humble enough to ask for forgiveness and try to do better. And uh, I don't make it any more complicated than that. Our final question, Jack Riggins, perfect pizza. Oh boy. So we've got, Oh man, there's so many good pizzas out there. I mean, no toppings. Maybe we could do that. I won't make you brand loyal. What's the toppings of choice on the perfect Jack Riggins pizza? Well, it's uh, it's Gino's East in Chicago. I got to say that. Okay. There's no doubt about that. Um, so it's deep dish Gino's East, and uh, we're going to go uh, 
cream cheese. Ooh. Yeah. Regular cheese. As much cheese as you can get, but you got to put the cream cheese in and, and we just go straight sausage and pepperoni. I'm not going to question him, Layson, but cream cheese. All right. You've never had cream. Have somebody throw cream cheese on, then put regular cheese on top, put the sausage and pepperoni, and then deep dish it and put the sauce on top, right? Uh, so it's I'll all baked in there. Jack, oh, I've put a lot one. of things in my body, a lot of toxins. I've had more pizza. You know, there's no such thing as bad pizza. There's great. That's true. But I'm going to, I'll, Layson will report back someday. Uh, but this has just been an unbelievable, unstinking, effing believable night. One that Layson and I, uh, Jack, we won't forget. And, uh, one, thank you for your service. Thank you for helping others and being selfless with your time for us. But maybe tell our listeners where they can find out. We didn't even get to all your charity work, but tell everyone about where they can go for podcasts, performance, mountain, social media. Yeah, geez. Um, social media on uh, Twitter, I'm Riggins underscore Jack. I'm on Instagram as well. Um, I get a little mouthy on Twitter. I'm not the best social media person. Uh, Facebook, same thing. Uh, Riggins Jack. I don't like Facebook, so I don't post there. Um, I'm an old email guy. If you want to talk to me, uh, email. And so you can find me at performancemountain.com. That is the company, the consulting company on leadership and team dynamics with Danny Woodhead, Matt Slauson, two former NFLers, uh, Dr. Larry Widman and Lauren Cook. Um, and I'm there at jack at performancemountain.com. So email me. And I honestly, I, I, I'll get back to anybody. I always get back, but it's email. Like I'm an email guy. Um, social media, like I said, I just mouth off there and get in some trouble sometimes. But uh, the other thing I would say is on that website, performancemountain.com, um, we got three podcasts, Out of Nowhere podcasts is Danny Woodhead and Matt Slauson. They're just kind of happy-go-lucky uh, former NFLers, kind of a goofy take on anything. Uh, Dr. Larry Widman, Max Out Mindset, that's on there as well. He does phenomenal interviews, mostly in female athletes um, across the spectrum of volleyball and gymnastics and, and really everything. But he's really, really top tier in the volleyball circles in our nation from USA down to the elite college programs. And so he's got some great interviews. And then, yeah, Dark Side of the Elite's on there. Um, and, uh, you can find that on most of the major po podcasts. I don't know how many episodes we have quite a few episodes on there. And, and that more folks is about the, the mental health and right choices, but also there's tidbits that we've talked about tonight as well. And then the other one though, is, um, KLIN, uh, .com, which is the radio station here in Lincoln, where most of you are like Lincoln. Well, I'm on there. Monday through Friday, five to six. So if you go to the website, you can listen live or download the KLIN 1400 AM app and you can listen anywhere in the world. Uh, but for, you know, forewarned, right? It is local, uh, pretty much politics, news. So you, you might get bored with learning too much about Lincoln and Nebraska. And I hit some national subjects here and then, but I'm a pretty fair guy. I, uh, I enjoy commenting kind of a Seinfeld of radio where there's no real agenda and we just see what the news is of the day. And I give you my take and, uh, 
like I said, I'm a little more conservative than I'm not, but uh, you will find that I'm about humanity and I'm very fair of, because I believe you've got to communicate even in politics. And so I'm always more than willing to uh, entertain and talk with people that have different ideas because I don't know any other way to make the world better or, or successful than to try to understand if we can have civil conversations, we can probably solve problems. We can't listen. This has been unbelievable. We've over delivered. Absolutely. Jack, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the fifth quarter conversations beyond the X and O's with your hosts, Layson Perkins and Jeff Osterman. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave comments on social media. 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 Media.